like to continue from where we left off last Sunday. Um, I was reminding you of the word the Lord gave to us. He said to us that the year 2020, um, I should begin to talk to you about a season of expansion. And he said it is specifically a season of financial expansion. And uh, I told you last week that we began to talk about it and I began to teach along these lines and suddenly the pandemic and then the lockdown and then you just begin to think to yourself, well, the Lord is giving us a word, what is happening? But honestly, I did not really bother because um, I mean, I believe, I believe we almost come to the place where we trust God's word so much to where the things that's happening around does not even phase us. We're not moved. Say to somebody, I'm not moved. We're not moved by what is happening. We are only moved by the word of God. If God said it, that settles it. If God said it, God will make it good. The Bible says, and I want to say it. I mean, I've said this verse over and over again. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man. That he should repent. The word repent there means to change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? Will he not make it good? Well, that's a question. Some of you may have to answer that question for yourselves today. But I have answered the question for myself. I know beyond a shadow of any doubt that God speaks. And everything obeys. I know beyond a shadow of. <laughs> my God. I know beyond a shadow of any doubt. That what God said. God will do. I know that. That God is. Always watching over his words. To perform them. In Isaiah 55. From verse 10. You don't have to turn there. You can write down the verse. But it says. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and does not return back there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it might give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be. <laughs> so shall my word be. There is a comparison of God's word and rain. When it rains, it waters the earth. Farmers are excited when it rains because they need rain for the growth of their crops. And when it rains, it does not return back there. There is an accumulation of moisture. And then when it accumulates, it rains. And when it rains, it waters the earth. It makes the crops grow. Rain is a sign of prosperity. That is why Jesus in the book of Matthew said, Your father is so good that he makes his rain. To fall on both the good and the bad. That's how good God is. 
Someone say God is good. So Jesus is basically saying, your father cares for you. Rain is a sign of success. When there is drought and starvation and farming in the land, most times it's because of a lack of rain. If it doesn't rain, the reservoirs dry up. And people begin to look for where to get water. Rain is important. So the Bible says there in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be. That goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. But it shall accomplish the purpose for which I have sent it. And it will prosper. In the thing that I please. So God is saying to us. Believe in my word. Not in what is happening in the economy. Because my word will change your economy. Amen. Oh my God. My word, my word will change your circumstance. Amen. The Bible says the entrance of thy word. It bringeth light. It bringeth light. It bringeth light. So when the word of God is released, you've got to tie that word with your faith. The Bible says, we heard and they also heard, but that which they heard did not profit them because they failed to mix faith with it. Because they did not mix faith with the same gospel we mix faith with, this gospel works for us, but it did not work for them because they did not mix faith with it. What is faith? Faith is a decision to believe. I choose to believe that God will perform the things he said. I choose to believe that I have come into a season of financial expansion. I choose to believe that it does not matter what has happened in the last four or five months with the coronavirus and the lockdown. I choose to believe I will not be infected. I choose to believe. I choose to. I, listen, you can choose not to believe, but I choose to believe. And every day I choose to believe. Every day I choose to believe that nothing can change the plan and the purpose of God for my life. I choose to believe that God is true. Let every man be a liar, but let God remain true. I choose to believe that when he says it, he will watch over it to do it. He will bring it to fruition. It does not matter. Come rain, come shine, come hell, come high waters. God's word standeth forever. Amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I guess I'm even preaching to myself because I made a decision. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe God. I will believe God. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Can I tell you that every day people are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We live in, in the world today where there is death over here and death over there. And that disaster there. And, but for us, Amen. the Lord sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And while we're eating at the table, he anoints our heads with oil. Yeah. 
and our cups run over. And surely, only goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the presence of God forever and forever and forever and ever. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Maybe you need to shout your best amen in this place this morning. So I, I said we would put pressure. That's what we do. We've got to put pressure on the word of God. Put pressure on God's word. The word of God can handle the pressure. Don't take the pressure. Put the pressure on God's word. Go to God and say, Lord, you said in your word. And when you come to God with, with an understanding of what he said. And how obligated God is when you tell him, you said, you said, you've got to obligate God by his word. You said, can I tell you, when God says it, God will do it. Because it will never get to the point where you would look at God and say to God, you said it, but you didn't do it. God will never be put in that position. Where you point your finger and say, Lord, you promised, but you did not come through. God will never be in that position. God will never be in that position. You believe, you will come into it. The Bible says, through faith and patience, we inherit the promise. Amen. Through faith, <laughs> oh my God, through faith and patience, through faith and patience, through faith and patience, Somebody is going to inherit the promise. Somebody is going to come into the fullness of this thing that we're talking about. And the more we talk about this, the more faith will rise in your heart. And you will know beyond a shadow of any doubt. Even if you came in here and you had some doubt in your mind, the doubt will be dispelled before we're done today in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I began to talk to you on what I entitled the covenant of prosperity. And I talked about prosperity is becoming a taboo word in so many circles today. And the reason why it is becoming a taboo word is because of the, 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 the abuse, of course, and because of the attacks that's being against the church really in the last one year, one year plus, and, and two years because so many people are now speaking against this message of prosperity and they say there is no prosperity gospel and i said to you that i fully agree with them that there is nothing like a prosperity gospel but i also added by saying you cannot delete erase cancel prosperity from the gospel that in the gospel is prosperity can someone say amen, amen. i don't have the time to Look into all of that because I did last week and I will encourage you to go to our website. It's riveristanbul.com and you can watch my last week's message on this subject. I also dealt with the abuse, the gross abuse that we have seen in the church. How people would twist people's arms just because they want to get money from them. The gimmicks and all the schemes and the games that is played just to get money from people. But I also said to you that we must make sure that we teach and preach the word. We don't put pressure on people. We put pressure on the word. It is the teaching and the preaching of the word that the Holy Ghost confirms. 
The Holy Spirit does not confirm your human philosophy. The Holy Spirit does not confirm your ideas. The Holy Ghost only confirms the word of God. Therefore, we put pressure on God's word. We teach God's word. We present what the word of God says along the lines of prosperity. And we let the Holy Ghost convict the hearts of our listeners. No pressure. I want to say no pressure. This is the year 2020. Give $2,020. Nothing like that. Because it's a prophetic giving. Listen. The moment you begin to hear things like that, you, you, you just need to leave the place. Give $20 and 20 cents because we are in the year 2020. It's prophetic giving. Or if you give this much money, we'll send you a little piece of the cross of Calvary. I dealt with all of that. If you send us some... Some money will send you water from the river Jordan. Now, why should I send you an offering to get water? I can go to Israel and get myself water from the river Jordan. If you send us this much money, we'll send you a piece of the wailing wall. Why should I send you money to get a piece of the wailing wall? I can go there myself and put my hand on it. Now, what I'm saying in essence is not that I have to go to the wailing wall and put my hands on it. Not that I have to go to the Jordan and get some water from the river. Not that I have to uh, keep in my possession a portion of the cross of Calvary. Listen, all of that is nothing but gimmicks. We don't need to play gimmicks in the church. We want people to give, yes. Let's teach the word along the lines of giving. Let's teach the word along the lines of prosperity. And let's believe God that the Holy Ghost will confirm the word in the hearts of people. And tell them what to do. We, we can't be pulling and shoving and looking for ways to get money from people. I see in your pocket. You have $200 here. You have $50 here. The Lord said give that one. In, in. Just stop all of that. Stop all of that. Stop that. Teach the word. Tell somebody, teach the, word. teach the word. I dealt with so many mindsets and mentalities last week. And like I said, I don't want to go back into that. But also, I talked about there is no way you can fully come into what I'm talking about and what the Bible has, has laid out in front of us with regards to the covenant of prosperity until you understand that you have got a covenant with God. I told you that I was not going to give you principles because a child does not need principles to reside in his father's house. You are a child of God by virtue of salvation in Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 3, I believe it's verse number 5. He that is born of the flesh is flesh. Speaking about your natural birth. Your parents got together and you showed up. That is natural physical birth. And they named you. But the Bible also goes further to say, He that is born of the spirit is spirit. So you are born again. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if a man is in Christ. This man is a new creature, a new species of being, a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things are become new. Once again, establishing your covenant position, establishing that you are a child of God. And as a child of God, you don't need principles to live in your father's house. 
You are born by God. Therefore, you qualify to live in his house. You are become a member of the household of God. That is your covenant position. And this must be preached. And this must be understood. We cannot just give people a bunch of rules, a bunch of uh, uh, principles, 10 keys for this and 20 keys for that. Listen, those will work. But listen, it's important that you have a covenant understanding of who you are and what you have in Christ. Covenant understanding. My children have the right to live under my roof because I gave birth to them. I said if my, if my daughter begins to panic when she comes before my presence, it means there's something wrong that she's done. I mean, if you understand what I'm talking about with children. When your child begins to panic in, in your presence, something is wrong. It's either your child has done something wrong or you are, an, you are an abusive father. Because there are kids afraid of their father because their father abuses them. Are you listening to me? And that's the reason why a child... I remember when I went to school. I mean, some of our teachers, I think some of them had some psychological problems. And I don't say that today to look down on any of my teachers that taught me back in school. But my God, some of them, they, they beat us as if we were dogs. I don't know if any of you understand what I'm talking about. And because of the way some of them beat us, I mean, some of them would come into the classroom with a bunch of canes. And they beat, I mean, one of them flogged me. I ran out of the class. And you know what happened? Because you now begin to, you are now afraid of that teacher. You no more love the topic. You no more love the subject. Even when he teaches, you don't get it. Why? Because you are closed. That's an abuse. That's exactly what happens to children. If a child is abused, that's what detectives understand this very well. All the detective needs to do to discover if you are abusing your child is sit there and watch the way your child carries himself in your presence. He would know you are an abuser. Your child don't need to say a word to the detective. But by his demeanor, the detective will know you are an abuser. But how I many of you have seen kids? They'll jump on the laps and jump on the body of somebody who loves them. Is that correct? Yeah. They are free. They are excited. They always want to be around those who love them. So the child is a child and has right in his father's house because the child was born by his parents. I've never gone to my kids and asked them, give me 10 principles why you should live in my house. Never done that. So when I'm talking about this, listen carefully because this is important. You must understand your covenant position. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you came in to the family of God. Amen. Whether you know it or not, I'm announcing it to you. You are a child of Almighty God. Amen. God is your father indeed. Amen. And can I tell you something else? He does not love anyone better than he loves you. Amen. In actual fact, the Bible says you are the apple of God's eyes. Amen. Come on now, if you believe it, shall praise the Lord. God loves you so dearly. Don't ever compare yourself with someone else. 
Don't ever think to yourself, well, that brother is doing much better than I. It means God loves him better. God loves nobody better than he loves you. Come on now, say praise God. God. You are special before God. In actual fact, you are so special that he gave his son to die for you. Can I tell you something? His son died for you even when you didn't care about him. The Bible says, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The just for the unjust. And he gave you his righteousness. Say it with me, I am am. the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say it one more time like you truly mean it. I am. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, but Pastor Golly, you don't know what I did last week. I don't know what you did, but I know what Jesus did. I said, I don't know what you did, but I know what Jesus did. I said, I don't know what you did, but I know what Jesus did. (laughs) You know what? When you repent of sin, your sin isn't covered. Your sin was washed away. Washed. You know what it means to wash away? Under the old covenant, sin was covered. The high priest would have to go into the holy of holies with the blood of bulls and would cover the sin of the people of Israel and he would do that seasonally. The sin of the people was not washed because the blood of bulls could not wash away sin. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The word remission means to cancel. And no blood could remit. No blood could cancel sin. Only one blood could do it. The blood of the Lamb of God. So John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away. Not cover. Takes away. Remits. Cancels. Deletes. Erases the sin of the world. That's what Jesus came to do. Come on now, say praise the Lord. The Bible says, he that knew no sin became, yeah, became sin. That's very important. Notice, he does not say became a sinner. Jesus never sinned. But he became sin. If you read that, it actually means he became sin sacrifice. He became sin sacrifice. Because he was the Lamb of God. That came to the world to take the sin of humanity. I'm just trying to show you who you are in him. Because until you know how much God values you. Until you know how much God loves you. You will keep seeing yourself like a worm. Crawling on the ground. No, you are not a worm. If you gave your life to Jesus. You have not just been blessed. You are being glorified. The word glorified, Romans chapter 8 verse number 29. The word glorified there means to lift you up to God's level. That's what the word I did the study on that word. It means to glorify, to bring you to God's level. You have been brought to the level of Almighty God. Ephesians 2 says that we were dead in trespasses and sin. But God with the love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins, he raised us up together. That's what I initially said. He quickened us. Say, I've been quickened. 
He quickened us and then he raised us up together with Christ. And he made us sit with Christ in heavenly places. That's what it means to glorify you. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Can I tell you something this morning? Where Christ sits, that's where you sit. I said where Christ sits, that's where you sit. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father in glory. That is my position because he is the head and I'm, I am the body. He is the head and you are the body. And have you noticed your head is here, your body is here, my friend. You can't have your head over there and your body here. Wherever the head sits, that's where the body sits. Prosperity is an all-encompassing word. Prosperity is an all-encompassing word. It is not limited to material things. You see, that is where people got it wrong. Prosperity is an all-encompassing word. It is not limited to what? Material things. But material things are part of it. Did you get that? Now, I'm not done with my definition. Prosperity, I go back. Prosperity is an all-encompassing word. You know what I mean by all-encompassing? It covers every aspect of life. It is not limited to money, clothes, houses, cars. Even though... Unfortunately, that is what has been presented by many. That is the reason the abuse has prevailed in so many places. And we must teach the right understanding and concept according to the word of God. So that God's people would understand what God means when he talks about prosperity in his word. So prosperity... It's an all-encompassing word. It is not limited. I know you're writing. That's why I'm repeating. It is not limited to material things. But material things are part of it. Come on, say amen. amen. Prosperity is being the best at what God has called you to do. That's a very important segment. Prosperity is being the best. Everyone said the best. Yes. You've got to be the best at what God, not what man, has called you to do. What God has called you to do. Listen to me carefully. Men may think you are not in prosperity. But it's not about what men think. If you are in the center of the will of God. God sees you as a man, as a woman in prosperity. Because prosperity has been defined as just having material things. That is the error. That is the confusion. But I want you to understand that prosperity is not just about having material things. Prosperity is about being in the center of the will of God. 
So prosperity is being the best at what, has, at what God has called you to do. So the question now is, what has God, what has God called you to do? We have a master designer. God Almighty designed you for a purpose. You are not on earth by mistake. You are not on earth to struggle through life. You are on earth to bring God glory and to display the glory of God in everything that you do. Is it not interesting to understand that the day will come when people will stand before God and will think they are prosperous. But God will say, no, you are not. Because this is not what I called you to do. So prosperity is not just running around and making a lot of money and running around and buying cars and showing off on Instagram and on social media platforms. That's not prosperity. Prosperity in the eye of God is being in the center of the will of God. Doing exactly what God has placed you on earth to do. That is prosperity. Now your amen is very weak. I don't think some of you like the definition, but that's the best I could come up with. Being the best at what God has called you to do. Being fruitful, I continue. Being fruitful and fulfilled at doing it. Being fruitful and fulfilled at doing it. At doing what? Doing what? Pardon? Doing the will of God. Doing that which God has called you to do. Being the best at that which God has called you to do. Doing it with all of your heart. Being fruitful. Being fulfilled in doing it. And watch the next thing. And creating eternal rewards by it. Uh, if, listen guys. If you call yourself... A man or woman in prosperity and you don't have any eternal rewards. You have wasted your life. This world is not our home. Okay. Somebody said yes. Some people, some people didn't say nothing. This world is not our home. We are strangers here. And if you think it's all about here. It's all about gathering up stuff and heaping up stuff. stuff and you don't have any eternal perspective. You are the worst loser. You are the worst failure, especially for the fact that you are a Christian. You don't have any eternal perspective. That all that you think prosperity is about is making money and living large and, and dressing well and, and buying the nice stuff of the world. And, and, and then you have no eternal, no eternal value attached to whatever you do. You have failed woefully. Because prosperity is not prosperity until it is until eternal values are attached to it. And nothing God calls you to do without eternal values. Nothing. What do you say about a stay-at-home mom 
who all she does is stay home and raise godly kids. That's all that she does. That's her ministry. And she does it with excellence. And she raises up godly kids. Who, listen, I, call out, I can call out the names of some of the great ministers of the gospel and those that have influenced the world. And I call out their names and everyone here would know them. But I call out the names of their mothers. You may never know them. But somebody raised those men. Somebody raised those women. Godly women. Women who prayed all night. Women who knew all they had to do for their kids is just pray. They prayed the devil away. They pray. I'm telling you, they prayed. I mean, I'm not ahead of Jesse. Jesse Duplantis. Jesse told the story how the mom prayed. The mom prayed and put an angel to, upon him. The angel was always with, her, with him, wherever he went. So there he was. He told the story. He was there uh, hanging out with some of his friends and in the wrong place. He heard a voice. Who, who called? Who's the mama, mama is praying. Mama is praying. What's her name? I don't know her name. But heaven knows her name. Come on now, say praise the Lord. See, see, until we begin to see prosperity as an all-encompassing word. Not just wearing nice shoes. Not wearing an Armani suit. Only. Yes, I believe in that. I don't have a problem with you wearing a nice suit and wearing a, a nice tie. But I need you to understand that not everyone will wear a suit. In actual fact, some people don't like to wear a suit. I have a brother. He never wore a suit. We talked about wearing a suit. He said, no, I'm not wearing a suit. The only time he wore a suit was on his wedding day. And since then, he has nothing to do with suits. He said, I don't like suits. But is, anything, is anybody getting anything from this? So you must understand that there are eternal consequences. With regards to the things you do on earth. And that's what you must Always have at the back of your mind. What I am doing now. Does this affect my eternity? What I am doing now. Does it affect the eternity of someone else? Can someone say praise God? Praise God. Look at the book of Thought John. And verse number 2. Thought John and verse number 2. Thought John in verse number two. He said, beloved friend. I'm passion translation. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way. And that you continually enjoy good health. Just as your soul is prospering. The word prosperity here means good journey. That was a good journey. Notice, the word prosperity there means good journey. So, what is, what is a good journey without having all the blessings necessary along the way? Somebody didn't get that. The word prosperity here means good journey. So, my question is, what is a good journey when you don't have all that is necessary for the journey? That's not a good journey if you don't have all the necessary stuff for the journey. It's not a good journey. Understand what I'm saying now? 
You want to go to Ankara. You get on the bus. It takes about six, seven hours. But if you don't have money for the journey, you don't even have bus ticket. That journey is not a good one. Are you listening to me? You trek all the way. I don't know how long it would take to get to Ankara if you trek. Two months, he said. <laughs> so the word prosperity here means good journey. I want to say good journey. So as we travel along the way of life, God wants us to have all the blessings necessary for our journey. Uh, uh, if you got that, you would say amen. amen. I said as we travel the way or the road of life, we, don't forget I said the world is not our home. We are on a journey, correct? Yes. We, are, we are going to where? Where's our, where's our destination? Paradise. Heaven. Is that correct? Paradise. Heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare you a place. And when I go prepare you a place, I'll come back and I'll receive it to myself. That way I am there, ye may be also. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. So we are pilgrims. We are strangers. We are on a journey. But listen. As we travel along the road of life, God wants us to have all the blessings necessary for our journey. Come on, say amen. amen. Notice here in the text in 3 John verse 2, it says prospering in every way. So that's why I said to you that prosperity is what? All, all what? It covers every area of our lives. So prospering, notice it's a prospering in every way. And then it goes further to say, enjoying good health and prospering in your soul. Oh yeah. Notice, beloved, I, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. Prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. Prosper, be in health. So prosper, be in health and prosperity of the soul. Prosperity, soul, body. So, watch this now. The abuse starts when there is an imbalance. When you push just the material side and you totally ignore the others. That's where the abuse begins. By doing so or by so doing... You paint an incomplete picture of biblical prosperity. So my question at this time is, what is prosperity when your marriage is failing? Uh-huh. What is prosperity when you have three months to leave? Pastor Godwin, I have a lot of money in my bank. I've saved up so much money. But you've just been given three months to leave. What's prosperity? What is prosperity when your kids are hooked on drugs and alcohol? I don't care how much you have. It pains your heart. Every time you remember how terrible your child looks. 
Every time you remember how hooked on drugs your children are. How promiscuous your girls are. It, I don't care how much you have. She's running all over the streets. I don't care how prosperous you think you are. You understand that prosperity is not just about having stuff. There are other things about life that are more important than money. And don't get me wrong. I am not saying money is not part of it. I'm not saying clothes and material things are not part of it. What I'm just saying to you is to help you see the entire thing that God is talking about when God talks about prosperity in his word. So God wants you not only to prosper materially, but God wants you to prosper in your soul. Some people are bound in their souls. Some people can't even sleep at night. There are some very wealthy men that will give everything they have to have a one night of sleep. There are many that are wealthy financially, but they can't sleep at night because their whole body aches. There are many financially wealthy, but they can't sleep. Why? Because they need somebody to take them to the toilet. They can't even use the restroom themselves. In actual fact, some can't even feed. They have tubes connected to their bodies. What is prosperity then? What is prosperity? What is prosperity when your husband or your wife is leaving you? What is prosperity? What is prosperity when your children are not serving God? What is prosperity? What is prosperity when you, are, you have lost your mind and you are in a psychiatric home? What is prosperity? Yes, you've got 3 million, 5 million US dollars in your bank account, but you are in a psychiatric home. Why? Because you've lost your mind. What is prosperity? What is prosperity when you are tormented by demons at night? What is prosperity when you put your head on your pillow, you cannot sleep? What is prosperity? The Bible defines prosperity as an all-encompassing thing. It covers every area of your life. Everything about you must be operating according to the will and the purpose of God. Everything about your life must line up with the word of Almighty God. God is not just interested in you having a bunch of money. But God is interested in you being established in righteousness. Yeah. What is prosperity? What is prosperity? These are the things that we need to talk about. These are the questions that I'm going to be answering. So today, I'm dealing with what is prosperity. Next week, I believe I shall deal with, does God's word teach prosperity? And we're going to keep seeing as the Holy Ghost helps us to unfold and unravel this truth. And because a lot of people think it's just, when, we, when you hear prosperity... Dollar signs shows up in their eyes. A chiching. The thing prosperity is just, and that's the abuse because people have zeroed and a lot of preachers have done a very bad job, unfortunately. And I know some of them out of the sincerity and the purity of their hearts, they want to help people, but they've done a bad job of just zeroing it down to money. It, you can zero prosperity down to money. 
Beloved, I pray that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. As. Everyone say as. As your soul prospers. So that also means that even material prosperity is attached to the prosperity of your soul. What is your soul? It is your mind. It is your will. It is your emotions. It is your intellect. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses what? So, you know what? That has been approached so many years as if, you know, when you die, you go to hellfire, you lost your soul. Can I tell you, people are alive today and they have already lost their soul. They are no more in control of their minds. They are no more in control of their will. They are no more in control of their emotions. You can be alive and not in control of your mind. Your mind is a part of your soul. You can be alive and not in control of your will. Your will is controlled by demons. You can be alive and not in control of your, your emotions. Your emotions is controlled by rage and anger. And strife. And unbelief. And anxiety. And panic attacks. What's prosperity? What's prosperity? God wants you completely whole. Spirit, soul, body. Mind, will, emotions. Marriage, family, work. Every area of your life, complete.